just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast, and once again, I'm fortunate enough to have uh, our uh, reoccurring guest host, Ed. Ed, welcome back. And I'm glad to be here. Uh, and uh, everybody should yell, Ed, when I come on, don't you think? <laughs> well, they should yell something. I always tell people, um, some people have said, uh, uh, how do you like it when, when Ed's on or, or, or when the listener's on? I said, I fucking love it. And they said, why do you love it? I said, because my job gets decidedly easier. I only have to talk half as much. And better, you only have to listen to me half as much. So it's always a good thing when we have a have a uh, a co-host in here. And it, it's especially comfortable when you're here because you and I kind of know each other well enough that we can we – can, uh, manipulate this show and, and make it work because we understand how each other thinks and, and talks and we can t- kind of turn it into something <clears throat> maybe more professional than I do on my own. By the way, did you, did you have to mention to Cindy, how famous you are and that you were in a John Sanford novel? <laughs> I did. I did. I told her that because she's a big John Sanford uh, um, fan. And for the people who didn't hear the, the podcast with Ed and I, uh, Ed told me there's 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 a writer that's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. His name is John Sanford, and he's very famous worldwide. And he has all the prey books, P R E Y. And you know, of course, a lot of the things he does happen in the Twin Cities. That's why a lot of Minnesota people like listening to it, and why my wife likes listening to it. And Ed told me something that I didn't know because I was a traffic reporter for a number of years. Apparently, my name shows up in one of the books, and I never knew that. He actually said my name, and I, I mentioned it to my wife, and 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 the first thing she said, "Well, does he mention me in it?" No, honey, you're <laughs> not the traffic announcer. <laughs> but she was kind of excited about it. I, I had no idea, and uh, that is a claim to fame. I've never been able to to acknowledge and now I'm going to at every turn. I'm just trying to find that book with my name in. Yeah, well, he's only written about 200 of them. Yeah, there you go. And I I wish I could remember it might be winter prey something like that, but I seem to remember that it was fairly early in the book like in the page 30 to 40 somewhere in right. like that. So if you just kind of go to a bookstore and uh, Waft through them, you'll probably find it. I do. Maybe somebody listening right now, yeah, uh, could uh, could do that. Go check their bookcase if they're a Sanford fan and see if you can find Mike's name. Yeah, I will tell you, I have not seen any residuals as yet. I don't know if there's a twenty-year delay on that or something, but I have not seen anything. Don't stand by the mailbox. That's (laughs) all I'm going to say. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of the first things we should talk about is 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 good news that isn't as common as we'd like to have uh on the rational boomer podcast good news and, and it looks like um somehow joe manchin and schumer worked out a deal to get this uh, inflation reduction bill passed and uh 
and, and, and the thing about it is it's basically the build back better built way pared down and cherry picked from it. So we're not getting nearly as much as we thought in the build back better, but it's something and it's something we need. The only problem was the only sticking point was Kristen Cinema, the senator from Arizona. But apparently now she's agreed to do it too. So we're yeah, she only uh, she she only objected to one thing, and uh, which is one of the ones I wanted to do away with, of course. But I, I actually believe that uh, Schumer and Manchin got together and said, "We want to pass this thing." So you're gonna you're gonna be we're gonna do good cop, bad cop. You're gonna be the bad cop, uh, Manchin, and you're gonna. You're going to say you can't sign on this and then, and I'm going to, you know, pretend that we're dropping it and so forth. And we're going to put a poison pill in there so that we don't have to bring Kristen Cinema in on this just yet. But when time comes to negotiate, we'll say, okay, we'll, we'll drop this poison pill if, if you go along with it. That gives her something and uh, everybody wins, right? Right, right. Uh, and that was a carried interest, which uh, most people don't know what that is. I, I looked it up, and it basically only uh, affects hedge fund managers, uh, private equity fund managers, uh, managers who uh, who manage these kind of funds. Now, normally, they get about a 2% uh, fee for doing that, right? Right. Which, which you know, still is substantial over time, considering how much money is in these funds generally. But what carried interest is is uh, they get another twenty percent of the profits of these funds, and it's called carried interest because it's paid over several years. And what it does is it it gives them essentially a salary. But it isn't taxed like uh, like your salary would be, Mike, if you had one, <laughs> but uh, right, right. Uh, 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 or anyone else. I mean, you're taxed at a certain level because. Uh, uh, but carried interest is taxed like it's capital gain. So instead of thirty seven percent, which is probably what it would be if it were a salary for somebody making that much money, it's twenty yeah. percent. So you're saving a huge amount of money with this carried interest provision that's uh, allowed to pay them 20% of the profits to the hedge fund. So they get really rich, really fast and they get to keep it, you know, so uh, uh, it doesn't affect a lot of people, but uh, um, it was a, uh, for some reason, Kristen Cinema didn't want that in there. I don't know why I'm not going to say it's because she owes a bunch of really rich people. But uh, or whatever. But anyway, uh, they gave her that. They took that out, so they get to keep uh, keep their benefit, their carried interest benefit. But uh, which really doesn't affect most of us anyway. Right. So, it, uh, it, that it was a pretty af- good trade. It does. Yeah, it was a good trade. And and if anybody thinks there aren't theatrics or strategies in these negotiations, you're fooling yourself. This everybody knows the game and how to play this, and nobody, everybody knows how to get what they want, so they do what they have to do. The only thing that confuses me is like what you said. Kristen Cinema, who's a Democrat, said, "Yeah, we like all this stuff that's going to help people and help the climate change." And uh, healthcare and do all this shit. 
but I really have a problem with taking money from rich people. What I want yeah. the people in Arizona to do is remember when she comes up for reelection, I think in 2024, she's going to have all kinds of problems mm-hmm. anyway. But when she comes up for election in 2024, understand she is catering to the rich people. Very clearly, that's what she's doing. And she's doing it because she's getting pack money or money stuffed into her pockets or whatever she's doing. But she is obliged to those rich people. So when she's obliged to those rich people, she takes her attention and her care away from the people who voted her in for office. Just remember that when she's up for election again. Exactly. Uh, There is a movement in uh, Congress right now to prohibit senators and congressmen from uh, women from uh, trading stocks while they're in office. I think that would be a huge move. Because I don't know about you, Mike, but it kind of pisses me off when I see somebody go go into office and they're, they're thinking that $184,000 paycheck they get every year is pretty good stuff. But yeah. after a few years, they're suddenly got $29, $30 million in the bank. And right. you have to wonder, how exactly did that happen? They must be really intelligent people to turn $184,000 into $30 million. Uh, wow, I'm glad we elected them because we really need that kind of intellect in Washington. Give yeah. me a break. You know, uh, I'm sorry. They should have to, every year, let us know what they're, uh, they're well, they should anyway, and I think they're required to let us know uh, what their uh, income was for the year, where it came from, and so forth. And so we can keep tabs of that, on that kind of thing. And it should be, um, published or it should be sent to everybody's house in a letter every year. Uh, well, I made, uh, made, you didn't do so well, but I made $14 million this year, you know, so, well, that, that, uh, we, that, that's we need the to thing. Know that. That's the thing is you've got all these members of Congress, the Senate and the House <clears throat> that are making these ridiculous amounts of money on their investments far more than anybody else would be making on their investments. They're there for two years, four years, eight years, whatever, and all of a sudden they're multimillionaires. And they're only getting there. They're only so talented in as far as getting good investments and, and turning the profit in a big way is because they, they're they privy to a lot more information than the general public is. And by being privy to that information, it's essentially insider trading. Which yep. to all of us is absolutely illegal. But yep. apparently with members of Congress, it's not illegal. And that flies in the face of what the DOJ and everybody, including our members of Congress, has said. Nobody's above the law. Well, insider trading is against the law. We can't do it. So neither should our members of Congress. They aren't, they aren't superiors. They aren't our royalty they are our servants so there's no way they should be better off than we are when it comes to uh, the legal system exactly and and a lot of it comes from k street a lot of these tips are from the lobbyists who are trying to cozy up to somebody to get a law passed or or some kind of special arrangement done and in exchange for that um if they represent the oil industry or the auto industry or or you know the uh, Jack Daniels or whatever it may be. Oh, by the way, 
uh, just so you know, we've got this new product line we're going to introduce, and it's going to be huge. You might want to put a little money in uh, this or that. And um, they do, of course, and then boom, there you go. They should have to answer for every stock trade they do or just not do any, which is even better. Right. You know, with regards to the inflation reduction bill, the uh, variation on the Build Back Better bill, some people are saying, well, we're not getting all we wanted. We're not getting this. We're not getting that. I think at the stage we're in now with all that's going on and the climate we're in with politics at the moment, I think the best thing we can do is get as much as we can possibly do, expose as much as we possibly can, and make sure that we win big in the midterms for the House and the Senate, and then say, fuck it, we're doing everything and anything we want. I agree a thousand percent, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that's, that's what people go with. But, I mean, at some point, you got to do a little bit of adulting and realize you don't get everything uh, a lot of, of, of Democrats sound like uh, the the rich kid at Christmas. Did you get everything you wanted, Johnny? No, I, I didn't get everything I wanted. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It doesn't, it, uh, you know, once you get past 18, things get complicated, as the Statler brothers said. So um, sometimes you got to do some trade-offs and, uh, you settle for what you can get, and you do better when you can do better, right? Right, right exactly. Well, you know, I think that is that is a problem in this country, this uh, need for immediate gratification, kind of an immature look at things. I've, I've complained about this all the time. Um, I literally believe that there are groups of people in this country who thought the moment that Joe Biden was inaugurated, that Donald Trump would be immediately handcuffed and dragged off to jail. That's how they <laughs> thought it was going to go down. And between that time and now, I've heard endless loops of people saying, oh, nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump. Nothing's going to be happening to the people in the White House. Nobody's going to be accountable. They're just going to slip through and it'll be no problem. And I've said all along, that's absolutely bullshit because there's just too much evidence. That's not the way it's going to happen. You can decide that uh, I'm going to pout because it's not happening the way I want it when I want it. But that doesn't change what's happening. To be mad because it doesn't happen in the time frame you want or expect doesn't mean anything because we're dealing with uh, politics. We're dealing with the government. We're dealing with the, uh, uh, the DOJ. Everything is more methodical and there's a reason for it. It may not, we may not like it. We may want the immediate gratification. I know I do, but you have to be mature enough to look at it and say, look, get what you can get, do what you can do and keep getting what you get and doing what you do until you can get it all. Absolutely. And I have to address my, my own preferred group of politicians. Now, I'm I'm more liberal than Mike is. I, I consider myself a progressive Democrat, but I'll tell you, my progressives get on my nerves sometimes when uh, they're, they're pushing too much. I mean, what we have right now on the table here is uh, climate, real climate change. Uh, uh, we're going to address climate change in a way that hasn't ever been done before. We have realistic goals that will make a difference. That's a win. Uh, 
Right. We have uh, a prescri- prescription drug reduction. We have a limit on what you can pay uh, on on um, any particular uh, drug, whether it's for cancer or what. $2,000 in one year, that's it. That's huge. I mean, these are wins, okay? Take them. Okay, we don't get everything we want. Yeah, I, I would very much like that carried interest to go away, for example. But it's not a deal breaker for me. Um, there's there's a lot of other things that I would love to have seen in there. Uh, but still, we do what we can do. This will be huge. It will help us. It will reduce inflation. There's $300 million in there in deficit reduction. That's not going to hurt. Uh, we've already cut the deficit in half. So uh, this is huge. I mean, we're going to have a balanced budget here by the end of the first four years of his term if this keeps up. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but something, there's a sea change of some sort. Gas prices are way down. I paid $3.30 for gas yesterday. Uh, that was a savings of $11 over my last fill-up. That's not insignificant. Absolutely and, uh, not. You know, I drive a hybrid, so I fill up once a month. So it's yeah. not it's not a real burden on me anyway, but $11 is $11, right? right. And it's right. and $3.30 is better than $4.30, which it was before. So we're seeing that. Stock market's been doing really good. Today, they... Uh, they let us know that there were uh, uh, over half a million new jobs created last month. That's crazy. So, uh, Nobody expected that. No, and that's like three or four months in a row. We had one month where it was down a little bit back toward the beginning of the year, I think. But ever since then, they've uh, beat expectations every month. Uh, that's a win. So things are looking good. But, I mean, the corporate media, of course, is going, oh, gloom and doom. Oh, nobody likes Biden. Come on, you know, corporate media is corporate media. They're reflecting what the corporate rations want, and they want Republicans to the White House, okay? So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. You know, drives well, me crazy. Well, you know, I we were talking, we I was just saying how things kind of <clears throat> trend slowly. Nothing happens quickly. And when you watch what's going on, you understood what was happening when Donald Trump was in office in the first year after he was out of office. You know, the the Republicans were drowning out everything the Democrats said. Every bad thing was pointed at the Democrats. And it looked to be business as usual, where the Republicans attack and the Democrats just cower. And, and this is why they lose. But as time has gone on, we're seeing a gradual but a definite shift. The January 6th committee has done a lot to show that. I mean, they're telling things to the Democrats that they may have already known, but they're opening the eyes to the Republicans, however many there are, that are of a reasonable mind. They're finally seeing this information, and it's undeniable because it's coming from their own people. Uh, the abortion thing, we talked about Kansas. Um they thought Republicans thought this would be the thing to get them in the midterms, but all of a sudden Kansas says, fuck no, you lose. That paints <laughs> a different mentality in the Republican situation. So we're seeing, I mean, if I was to 
if I was to be one of those 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 guru type guys and talking about vibes and stuff, the vibes are definitely shifting to the Democrats. And now you're even hearing the media talking about how they could possibly win in the midterms, which everybody before said that's impossible. Well, yeah, and we're hearing things like uh, Fetterman is leading odds by eight, nine points. And even in Florida, Charlie Crist is leading DeSantis by 13 points. Wow. So there, there is a sea change going on. Buttigieg is coming up really uh, – is, is that who's going against Abbott? I forget. No, it's uh, – who's the guy running against Abbott? I, I Beto. Mixed them two. Be- Beto. Oh, Beto O'Rourke, yeah. Um, I mix him up with with Buttigieg all the time because they're young. <laughs> well, one's in Texas, one's in D.C., one's gay, one's not gay. One's about six yeah. four, and the other one's about five eight. So I could see how you'd make that that confusion. Well, good. Yeah, it's just in my mind. Okay, you're, yeah, you're, you're, Beto, you're, yeah. you're just categorizing all young white guys as the yeah, same. Okay. pretty much. I got pretty you. much. You know, okay. I hate them. Yeah. Well, you know, even no, in I Georgia, like both of those guys. Even Go in ahead. Georgia, Herschel Walker's getting his ass kicked by Warnock, and God, thank God. I mean, who would vote for Herschel Walker? He is one of the most despicable, stupid human beings I've ever seen in my life. I got two words: Donald Trump. Oh, he, he is. He I is, mean, I'm, he's the black Trump. That's what he, he is. is. He is, and you know. People will see Herschel Walker and they'll think he's stupid. Trust me, Donald Trump is just as stupid. Watch him from here on out. He will continue to try to do the old strategies, the gaslighting, the talking shit. And it's slowly but surely not working anymore. He's going to get to a point where he's not going to know what to do with himself. And then he'll really get unhinged. Oh, yeah. I, and I kind of am waiting to see exactly what that will be. I'm, I'm almost expecting him to make a run for it, to be honest with you. I mean, do you really think he's got the guts to, to go into a courtroom and, and try maybe, you know, narcissists believe they can talk their way out of anything. So maybe he would. But uh, yeah, also, you know, he's got a lot of got a lot of friends in Saudi Arabia and and other different places. So I don't know. I could expect that he could head to the Bahamas or someplace where we don't have an extradition treaty or something. We we'll see. Yeah, I don't think that's a cra- I don't think that's a crazy assumption because based on my experience with narcissists, and I've had a couple close to me, you know, they bully you and they push you and, and they're in control and that goes on for a long time and then they start to get some pushback and now they try to gaslight you and try to bully you, but it's not working. So it, they begin to spiral. But at every occasion with people like that, like a Herschel Walker or a Donald Trump, they come to a point where they're cornered and, and they can't, nothing they do that they're used to doing is working. So they're freaking out because they only care about themselves. They're freaking out. In almost every occasion I know of a narcissist, what they do in that point, they might flail, they might get a little violent, but ultimately what they do is they fucking bolt. They disappear. They run away because deep in their soul, they are fucking cowards. So the idea that Donald Trump might think I'm in danger, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Uh, you know, a normal politician might not do that because of the optics, but Donald Trump doesn't care as long as his ass is saved. So I see a distinct possibility that he would go someplace else, maybe Russia, because they love him fucking there. 
Well, that would be great, and then they could turn on him and throw him in a, one of those cells. You know, the a gulag. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I don't know if you watch Stranger Things or not, but I, I was picturing him uh, in the, the the Russian gulag uh, instead of the uh, uh, the sheriff from the United States. But oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, the um, just just a couple of words about that. Uh, we're seeing a narcissist flailing in plain sight, and uh, that, of course, is Alex Jones. We're seeing oh. what he's doing, and, and it's so much fun to watch him out there outside the courtroom spewing his crap, and then he's got to go in and face uh, the judge that he's just called all kinds of names and, and so forth, and, and suddenly he's a whipped pup, um, yeah. and he's re, he's. Uh, uh, admitting that everything he's ever said is a lie, and uh, he he just he can't deal with it, and and that's that would be Trump in a courtroom, and maybe he sees that, maybe he will run for it. I've only got one word for you, drone. Yeah, yeah no shit. <laughs> I, just a, if if you haven't kept up with this Zawahiri thing, right? Right. Now, here's a guy they've been looking for for years and years. They finally found him, right? And we always get pushback when we take one of these guys out and uh, and we get innocent bystanders. So they planned for this, right? Right. And uh, they they are watching him, and he finally comes out on the balcony of uh, the house where he's staying alone. And that's when they strike. They don't hit him with a missile. They don't hit him with an explosive. What they send at him is basically like a really sharp egg beater. And it, it uh, basically slices and dices the mother and uh, takes him out that way. And uh, I couldn't be happier. Oh, I couldn't be happier either. Donald Trump couldn't do it. Um, you know, see, that's the thing. That's all the things that are mounting up for Joe Biden. I I, I predicted that when the midterms come and assuming the Democrats prevail in the House and the Senate, and now Joe Biden has the freedom to get things done, as much as his poll numbers are shit right now, they are going to go crazy after the midterms with all the shit that's going to get done. People will love Joe Biden. I, I, that, I still don't think he'll run in 2024, but he'll walk out of here a winner. I guarantee it. Yeah, he might just go. I'd like to introduce my friend Gavin Newsom, and he's going to be taking things over now, or whoever it might be, right? Yeah. But uh, maybe even Kamala. I don't know. Uh, but, we we uh, we should we should uh, we should really fuck with the Republicans' heads and say, I'm going to hand the torch to my no my son <laughs> and his fucking laptop, and they're going to run this country. And- teach you fucking Republican something. <laughs> that would do it, wouldn't it? Oh, I, by the way, I got to throw this in there. Have you been following Dark uh, Dark Brandon? No. Okay, you know, you know the the uh, let's go Brandon, right? Yeah, yeah. You're familiar with that. Uh the which so is, clever. Uh, for, so clever. Oh, so clever. I mean, it's a uh, the uh, for those the uninitiated, they were talking to a NASCAR driver whose name is Brandon. And the, the, the fans were, were chanting, fuck Biden. Okay. Right. And, uh, the, the guy doing the interview was, uh, was trying to cover and he said, they're chanting, let's go Brandon. So of course the right picked this up and they decided, let's go Brandon would now, uh, be the euphemism for, uh, 
fuck Biden. And you see it everywhere. Well, they started this thing called uh, Dark Brandon, where they were portraying Joe Biden as this malevolent, demonic figure. Well, the left picked up on this, and they've been using it, uh, showing Joe as this uh, laser-eyed superhero, <laughs> Dark Brandon, who's taken down uh, taken down Zawahiri, who's doing all of this stuff, and it's catching on. People yeah. are really getting into Dark Brandon now, and it's it's the totally opposite of the Sleepy Joe thing that they the the right tries to push, right? Because he's getting all of this stuff done. The economy's rebounding. Gas prices are going down. Stock markets going up. Uh, we're we're playing Mitch McConnell for a change. All of this is working, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, it is working, and a lot of people got on Joe Biden. But you have to understand when you get into the presidency, you got to do some things. It takes some time to get things straightened out, and that's why I say between now. In the midterms and then off to 2024, things are going to look much brighter for the Democrats. And if they sweep the midterms and we get to 2024, it may be a long, and all that's exposed, it may be a long time before the Republicans have anything to say about anything. They may be hanging out on a ledge for 10 years. That's what I'm hoping for. And, and remember, too, there used to be a Whig party. <laughs> yeah. Not many Whigs left, right? You know, so uh, parties can die, especially when they need they deserve it. So um, we'll see how many Republicans there are in twenty years, ten years, even for that matter. Well, the only and the only thing I'm concerned about is when the Democrats have control, because they are who they are. You know, it's one thing that they want to work for the people now because it's uh, expedient to go against the Republicans, but. We've got to watch out when the Democrats are in control that they don't just get fat, sassy, and lazy and do whatever the fuck they want. They got to keep this intensity about working for this country. And I'm not convinced that that's who they are yet. Maybe I'll be wrong or maybe they've changed, but they haven't been that up to this point. Well, that's why I'm a progressive, because uh, the Bernies, the OACs, these are the people holding the party's feet to the fire usually, right? Right. Uh, and, and it's a delicate balance because you can only hold them so close before they catch fire and everything goes up in flames. So you, you got to be reasonable about it. I, I, I saw Bernie giving a speech about this particular bill that's getting, you know, that's, that's going to pass. And, um, uh, it, he was, uh, dissident more than I would want him to. If, yeah. You know, if this isn't in it, this isn't in it. Well, okay, then fix it. Do it next time. You know, get right. this one through. This will help. So so I'm encouraging. But but we like you say, the progressives have to keep their feet to the fire and they have to make sure that uh, we don't become a party of mansions and cinemas. Right. Uh, it, we need to be Bernie's and OACs and 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 also some reasonable main mainstream Democrats. Not conservative Democrats, because that's nothing but a Republican in my book. I you agree. Know? You know, so, uh, well, so you know, delicate balance. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is, is sometimes I think, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a progressive, but at this point we've gone so far right, we need to almost go the progressive route to correct the problem here, to get it more in line with where it should be. If I had my druthers, knowing what I know and, a feeling that the government should be working for us, 
I think we should be somewhere between progressive left and center. Not yeah. like you say on center, somewhere in between, some give and take between the moderate or the moderates or the conservative Democrats and the crazy progressive Democrats, somewhere in the middle. Uh, that's the only way the citizens of this country are going to get anything. You get anywhere above that, you've got the Democrats shutting you down. And of course, when you get into the Republican thing, nothing's fucking happening. So if we can get that happy middle, I would be, and it's actually, a happy quarter, a quarter above the progressives. I think we'd be good. Uh, yeah, and 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 we what we have to concentrate on is taking back the states because we have pretty much what the Democrats have been doing is putting the money where we can win. Big whoop! Anybody can do that. You're going to win California. You're going to win Illinois. You're going to win Massachusetts for the most part, right? Put some money in Louisiana. Put some money in Alabama. Put some money in Mississippi for a change. Make them work for it. Right now, we're giving those to the Republicans. We're handing off, and they're just making them into these little red fiefdoms with their strong men, and uh, and then and they're holding hostage the minorities and the women and everything else. They're these like these little Balkan countries that used to be. You know, or or the uh, the middle European communist states before the whole shebang blew up. You know, your your uh, your Hungary's and your uh, um, the Czechoslovakia and all of these different ones that gradually came came around once the the Russian uh, once the Soviet Union imploded and and suddenly they were uh, were able to to forge their destiny, but. We've, we've got to point out that when the, the Republicans are bringing an actual Nazi in to speak, to speak at CPAC, right. I'm talking about Victor Orban, the guy is a Nazi. There's no other way to describe him. He is nothing but a friggin' Nazi. And they give him a standing ovation. Yes. Republicans. It's, it would, it, this is like if they had brought Hitler to the 1933 Republican convention. It's exactly the same. And they could have done that if they wanted to, because most of the Republicans in 1933 were big fans of Hitler and they wanted to see it reproduced here. So they haven't changed. You know, they 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 after the war and everything, they had to pull back a little bit and pretend. But they're still Nazis under the skin. And I'm not talking about your Aunt Edith, the Republican. I'm talking about. Um, uh, Ted Cruz and and his ilk, right? All right. of these uh, supposed Christians and so forth, they're Nazis. That's all they are. That's all they'll ever be. Well, well, something you brought up about the Democrats putting money in places where they don't normally put it. I guess the, the best way to boil it down, if you look at the Republicans, they play to win. Yep. The Democrats play not to lose. And yep. they they are in a position now where they can be more aggressive. They should be going after the Republicans at every turn. They've got them on the run. And if you give them a pass, they'll just come back and fucking regroup and they'll be in your shit again. So this is the time when the Democrats have to say, all right, we got you on the run, motherfuckers. We're going to run you down and run you over. Exactly, because all the Republicans are and all they have ever been is a, a, a party that supports the rich and corporations and those who would uh, act from an auto, autocratic 
uh, power base, and uh, they want to be able to dictate everything about our lives, uh, what religion we are, we are, where we go to church, uh, what they talk and what they teach in school, all of that. That's what Republicans are, period, right? Yeah. On the other hand, you've got the Democrats. Look at what Roosevelt was able to do because he was bold and he had the right people who came up with ideas and people who would not have even voted for him suddenly. Social Security, I'm getting a check. Wow, oh. this is great. I don't have to keep working till I'm 90. Right, <laughs> you know? right, exactly. I mean, uh, uh, this is the sort of thing. And in the meanwhile, right now, right now, uh, if you go to uh, Republican websites, you can see that they want to get rid of Social Security and Medicaid and Medicare and all of the social safety net. They even want to get rid of child support. There yeah. are Republican politicians who want to get rid of child support because it makes men want to pressure women to get abortions so they don't have to pay child support. So well, their solution is to get rid of child support. Their solution is to shit on women. That's yes. what they're talking about. And shit on kids. We're going to take right. a quick, we're going to take a quick break here. Well, let's talk more about that on the other side. And, and, uh, there's a lot more to talk about. So we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. And Ed, you know, I was thinking about some of the things you were talking about. And when you look at the Republicans, they are pro insurrection. They are anti government. They are pro-taking constitutional rights away from women. They are pro-kind of suppressing women, suppressing votes of people of color, suppressing and harming LGBTQ people. They're against public schools. They're against so many things. How does anybody in their right mind, whether they be rich or poor, country or fucking city, even vote for a Republican? Everything they do is to destroy what we have here in this country. And why is it so hard for people to grasp this? Well, uh, because they're really good at the social messaging. Uh, they've become masters of it. And, and they, I think they started with abortion and they learned from that and, and they moved on. Uh, the, they're very good at the lie. They're very good at getting the lie out there. Uh, I've mentioned this before, and I have to keep harping on it because I don't think anybody else is paying attention to this. They own the media. I, I rail against the corporate media all the time because they are all corporations, and the, and they're not just media companies. They they own all kinds of things, but they're 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 directed by the same people who bring you hedge funds and uh, and uh, everything that's wrong with with. Uh, uh, with America today, but they've bought up all of the radio stations. They bought up all of the, uh, newspapers and the, the TV stations and they, they're getting their message out there because unless you tune into MSNBC or something like that, you're not getting a left message. You're getting a watered down, uh, CNN now might as well be Fox News. I'm sorry. Well, they're calling uh, them Fox Light. Yeah. And that's exactly. kind of accurate. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. They've got a new leader, whoever he is, which obviously taints CNN. For the longest time, CNN was kind of objective, and then they more leaned to the left. And now I don't know what the fuck they are. I can watch some of the hosts, but anything they tell me, I've got to look into it to make sure I have all the information and that it's the right information. 
Right. And they if there's two polls, they won't take the poll that shows that uh, uh, Biden is not uh, doing well. Uh, they'll never take a poll that shows that he is. They will ignore uh, deficit reduction, for example. Uh, yeah. they, they never mention it. They will ignore the uh, I mean, if Trump had the kind of employment numbers that Biden has, they would have set off rockets every month when it was announced. Yeah, you don't absolutely. see that happening. You have to look for it. Uh, they suppress COVID information. There's all sorts of things they're doing that are not good for us. And, and, and they're pretending at least, but the, the right wing radio, the right wing newspapers, the right wing TV stations, uh, Sinclair owned and so forth. They're not pretending. They're giving you the straight up Donald Trump is God message. Oh, hallelujah, brother, sister. Yeah. Well, the important thing to understand about about media, people will get the impression that these media outlets, whether they be Fox, CNN, MSNBC, have an allegiance to the left or to the right or to whatever. They don't give a fuck about politics, essentially, deep in their hearts. The only allegiance they have is to money. They're big business. Yep. They want the money. And if they had to sell lollipops right on the front of their building and they would make billions of dollars, that's what they'd be doing. So when you see CNN going the way they're going, kind of a Fox light, they're doing it strictly for money, not because they believe it, not because of the ideology. They don't care about that. I mean, it's, it's, it's like Alex Jones on a, on a, a softer scale. Alex Jones would spew this crazy bullshit, you know, the, like you mentioned the other day, the human pig hybrids and, <laughs> and the deep state and the Bohemian Grove and all this other stuff. Now, some of this might be partially true, but not totally true. But he spewed that shit because he knew people were hungry for it. Uh, I had an argument with somebody one time who was telling me how much they loved Rush Limbaugh. And I said, well, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. What do you mean? Rush knows what he's talking about. This is the truth. And yeah. I, I had to explain to him, I said, you know, I'll tell you what I know by being in the media, whether it be on a small scale or a large scale. Whatever you see on the media is a show. It's, it's not who these people really are. And somebody like... Uh, Rush Limbaugh will say fucking anything if it means you're going to listen harder, longer, and more frequently so he can make more money. He could be, you know, if he thought he could make money going progressive left, fucking he would do it. So understand that you're not getting the real information. You're getting a show. Even, you know, honestly, Ed, you and I sitting here right now, we're about as close to who we are in real life on this show but it's somewhat heightened because you're doing a performance, you're doing a show. Um, to think that you and I, when we talk, talk like this all the time, that's not the case. We talk the same things, we're telling the truth, but anything you watch on the media, it's a fucking show. Exactly. And if I'm a news director, which I used to be, um, I tried to play it straight down the middle as much as I could. Uh, but I would choose three sources for everything and I would check them. And if it checked out, I would go with it. And if uh, I got something different from another source, then I would look around till I could find what I thought was the truth. I wasn't always successful, but 
in a lot of media uh, companies, there's two stories, okay? You got uh, uh, Joe Biden is going to be talking about a bill he wants to pass tonight. Or Trump's having a rally. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going to go? We know where they went. They went to the Trump rally. Trump got a huge amount of free airtime. I mean, gigantic amount of free airtime that uh, nobody else got. Yeah. Not, not the Republicans running against him, not the Democrats running against him. He got a free ride from the media because they knew people would watch. And the more people watched, the more they saw him. And the more they saw him, the more they watched. And that's how he got to be president, because the media had already created him. They took this washed up failure of a person and they put him on a TV show and painted him to be the greatest businessman of all time when he was a loser. But they created this image of this tough businessman. And then they let him get out there at these rallies and spew this garbage and didn't contradict him. Just like with Rush, Rush never had guests. Rush never did interviews. Rush never argued with anybody. He just did his thing. He just spewed all day long. So, of course, they took what he said because no one would ever contradict him. And uh, they didn't listen to any source that would contradict him. So that is why um, all of the right wing sources that these people turn, tune into are so deceptive because there is a, there's a right wing echo chamber that just supports that. Well, and, and, and the thing is, as much as these people find their time in the sunshine, eventually the sun goes down. I mean, no matter who you are, no matter how successful you are, eventually shit catches up to you. Rush is dead. Fox is losing listeners. And even Donald Trump. Donald Trump's greatest supporter was Fox News. But when he's right. giving his speech in Washington, D.C., the same time Mike Pence gives a speech, they choose to run Mike Pence's speech, but not Donald Trump. Don't don't kid yourself. That fucking bugged him more than anything because he can see the focus is slipping away. And as a narcissist, that's what he thrives or strives for is to have the focus on him. And now the focus and the friends are going away because he's looking like the pile of shit we always knew him to be. But now the uninitiated who thought he was uh, uh, sent from God are now seeing the flaws and, 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 and the corruption in him. And now they're stepping back from it. And that includes Fox News, a lot of people who watch Fox News and uh, people in politics. People are saying, yeah, you know, because they're already saying, yeah, we're not so sure Donald would be right for 2024. There was a time when anybody would say, yep, Donald Trump, no question, he's going to be the guy. But that's not the case anymore. It's starting to slip. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Hoi Polloi, the, uh, the Red Hat mob, they're always going to be Trump supporters up to a point. I mean, they haven't gotten the message yet. You know, they're going to be turning on Fox News here, uh, to a certain extent. I mean, Trump is already complaining that Hannity won't have him on. And my God, Hannity had his head up Trump's butt for like four years, you know, and, and previous exactly. more like five, yeah. you know, I mean, literally. And uh, had him on anytime he wanted, you know, call him up, whatever. Same thing on uh, the Fox and Friends, you know, he'd call in there all the time. Well, that ain't happening anymore. And that that was Rupert Murdoch making that decision. I'm not sure why he did, except maybe he uh, he sees him as a loser, doesn't think uh, 
you know, maybe they want DeSantis or somebody else. Uh, who knows? But uh, started with uh, Murdoch newspapers with editorials, Wall Street Journal, Washington. Uh, I, well, I forget the Washington one. It's not the Post, of course, but uh, uh, maybe the Standard. Uh, Are you, you, you talking know. about the New York Post? Uh, that's his too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Wall Street Journal, and there he's got one of the Washington ones too, but I can't remember which one. Well, Wall Street, they, Wall Street Journal. He owns Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I said that one. Oh, okay. But there's a Washington one, which yeah, is no. uh, yeah. I, anyway, it doesn't matter. All of the Murdoch properties have turned on Trump. It's that simple. I mean, there's a few of the the hosts on the the opinion host, uh, I assume that uh, Judge What's-Your-Name and different ones are still uh, supporting Trump to a certain degree. Certainly Tucker Carlson probably is, but but he's more into the, you know, the real, the Orbots and crap like that right, now. Right. Which boggle boggles my mind that any Republican can can look at that, can hear him, can hear Orban speak at CPAC and hear what he has to say and, uh, and, and not hear Hitler. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no question. I was going to mention to you, you said Son Hannity, uh, Sean Hannity for all intents and purposes was in what they called the kitchen cabinet because Sean Hannity was advising Mark Meadows and Donald Trump. He was giving advice and they were taking the advice, but something that I find interesting when I see Fox, pulling away and some of these other people pulling away, that should be an indicator of something big coming because they know more about what's happening in D.C. and in politics and investigations and such than we know. So they're pulling back before they get taken over the edge with Donald Trump. They are doing this because they're seeing shit's going to go south with Donald Trump and they don't want to be part of it. What they don't know is Fox will forever be attached to Donald Trump, whether they back away or not. But this is interesting that all these people are backing away from Donald Trump, just as I thought they might. But this is maybe an indication that people know some shit about what's going to go down, and it's not going to be good for Donald Trump. Well, we have Eric Holder, who was Obama's uh, um, uh, attorney general. Um, saying uh, Trump faces an indictment and he expects it to come at any day. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he would. I mean, these people live on their reputations. Now, they get to be on the shows, which they're paid to do, uh, to sit on the panels and so forth. And they only uh, they only get paid to do that if their prognostications are at least somewhat true. So Holder's not going to go out on a limb and risk his reputation and say Trump's going to be indicted unless he's pretty darn sure of it. Yeah, and absolutely. All of these people maintain relationships. Once you've been an attorney general, you, there's the deep state, you know, that, that yeah. everybody rails against. The people that do the actual work that aren't politically appointed, they're there forever to a certain extent or as long as they want to be the assistant attorney generals and so forth. Eric Holder can pick up a phone and call 20 of them and say, what's going on, guys? Yeah. You know, yeah. they know and what's so the fuck's can up. Rupert, so can Rupert Murdoch, because he's got lots of money to spread around and to get the skinny on pretty much everything. And, you know, he does. So yeah, no matter he's who pulling away from. No matter who you are, if Rupert Murdoch is calling you, you're picking up that call. Right. 
and and if uh, he's uh, got you on his, on a retainer or something, um, nobody needs to know that, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know that money is being spread around. Yeah, exactly. That's how you get to be where you where he is, and how you get to stay there. It's all a money game, and and that's that's what uh, that's what's going on right now with the Republicans. Period. Uh, everything. All of it, the uh, uh, going after the public schools, that's a money grab uh, by the Republicans for the hedge funds. There's uh, uh, just like they did with prisons, just like they did with health care. And I rail against these hedge funds and these private equity groups because they're like locusts. You know, they're going after uh, housing now. They're buying up apartment complexes and jacking the price. They're buying up... uh, um, trailer parks, for God's sake, yeah. and jacking the rent so much people can't move. I mean, sure, they call them mobile homes, but it's a big deal to move one. And most people want to pony up the 10 grand or whatever it takes to move it. So they'll just walk away from it and they'll just rent it again. So they're, they're exploiting people left and right. And it's all a money grab. And that's what the Republican Party is all about now. That's all they have become. And I, you know, I mentioned this before. I had my own experience with hedge funds uh, back during COVID, and I was selling truckloads of whatever. And and then I happened into the masks that were in a shortage, and I had a good source for it, so I was able to sell a lot of them over a short period of time. But I, I guarantee you, I got called by at least seven or eight different groups of guys, and I said, "Who are you?" You know, are you a hospital? Are you what? Because those are the only people I really sold stuff to. And ultimately, I was able to boil it down to find out these guys were just investors, hedge funds, whatever. They saw a moment that they could capitalize on, and they jumped on it. And it didn't matter what it was. This happens to be masked because they were in short supply, so they see this as a money grab. Now, those folks I refused to sell to. Because I knew what they were going to do. I'm going to make my couple of pennies on the stuff. What's fair? They're going to get it and they're going to jack this stuff up, uh, a buck or two and buy enough of it to have control and change the whole market. So I, I just refuse to sell it to these fuckers because they're, they're, they're so greedy. They're, they're going to do nothing but fuck the market up and harm people. Oh, absolutely. And, and like we started off talking about, uh, the, carried interest exemption that that they have it is in their interest to make as much profit as possible any way possible because that's how they get the big money it's like in in corporations when you've got to deliver you've got to uh you've got to increase if you're the ceo if you don't increase the stock price that's where your salary comes from that's where your income comes from. You increase the stock price, you do well. It doesn't, you're gone. So they will do anything to do that. And it has nothing to do with serving the public. It has nothing to do with um, uh, treating their employees fairly or in any way uh, making life better for them. It's make the profit. Make the profit. Increase the bottom line, increase the uh, stock price. That's all they know. Uh, and they ignore everything else. And that's not the way business is supposed to work. 
Well, what do they do? They buy up other countries and other companies and, and suppress competition. And you uh, cannot have a free market without competition. I'm sorry, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And, and we have a lot of people in this country that claim to be servants or I like doing service for others. But 99.9% of them are only in service for themselves and to make money. The whole idea that they're working for us is just another fucking grift. Make you feel good about them, and then they steal your fucking money. I don't care if we're talking about politicians. I don't care if we're talking about uh, police officers. It's all the same shit. Absolutely, and that that is why the Democrats have to prevail both in November and also in 2024. And they have to do it again every four years for at least 20 years in order to restore the country to a balance, because otherwise we're doomed. Yeah, we were headed the wrong way for five years. And like I say, now I'm starting to get, I get feelings about things. I know when something's going to be good. I know when something's going to be bad, at least in my life. And what I'm seeing out of the Democrats and what I'm seeing about the world or the country as a whole is we are starting to move the right direction. And it, and it seems natural. I mean, I, I I think ultimately things work out for the best. Even if we have big problems, we always come out the other side. We came out of Vietnam. We came out of the Cold War. We came out of 9-11. These were all horrific things that we never thought we'd get through, but we did. So I had to assume that what we were in with Donald Trump, uh, we would get out from. Now, now the thing is, as much as there are Republicans pulling away from the standard thought, which we like to see, there still is that small faction of people, 30, 32% or something like this. And now they just seem to be getting worse. You brought up CPAC and how Orban was the, uh, was the speaker. So was Donald Trump, by the way, at the CPAC convention. Now, if you don't remember the CPAC convention, it's these ultra right Republicans that have this convention every year. Now, if you don't remember who they are, you remember last year they had the fucking golden statue of Donald Trump, that gaudy piece of shit. So this time they have a have a conference and and Donald Trump is speaking and uh, uh, Orban, the dictator from Hungary. And as you said, Orban is the essence of a Nazi. He said things that were anti-Semitic. He said things that were racist. He said things that were misogynistic and those Republicans, you know what they did? They gave them a fucking standing ovation. That tells you who these people are. And if you like to align yourself with them, cool. But if you didn't know that, you need to know it now and get yourself away from it because nobody that's reasonable or respectable would side with that kind of behavior. Yeah. Now, the the name of this program is The Rational Boomer. Right. Mike and I are more, are both boomers. I'm more boomer than he is. I was born in 1949, so I'm one of the first boomers, right? I'm a my, boomer my, on the cusp. I was born exactly. in 60. Yeah. But what, what that means is I've been around a long time. I was 50 years of the 20th century, and I'm 22 years into this one. For a total of 72 years. And I've been there. I've saw it, saw it, and I paid attention. And I know what happened, and I know what changed. And what changed was when we let the corporations take over America. And it, it, it was happening before Reagan, but Reagan really got it rolling. And it never let up because 
uh, even the Democrats saw that there was a, a certain advantage to being in bed with the money people. So you saw Clinton uh, kind of pussyfooting around with them, and then and you actually saw Obama punch you, you know, doing a little bit of that too. And and Joe over the years, uh, you know, he's from a state where uh, business is huge because. Uh, so many corporations are have their home there, even though that's all they've got there—a post office box with their name on it, or what? Right, right, right. You know, but uh, the business took over, and uh, when all you're concerned with is profit, not making sure that all your citizens do well, you're not going to last as a country very long, because ultimately, ultimately, ultimately. All the money goes to a small group of people who control it. Everybody else is a peasant. There's two times in history where that has happened. One was in France and one was in Russia. And there were pitchforks and torches involved. And when it was all said and done, all those rich people didn't do very well in the long run. And that could have happened here. It was getting ready to happen here in the 1930s with the Depression. But Roosevelt was able to hit it off. He was able to get enough social programs going that people weren't starving, that they weren't losing their homes and their farms totally. And uh, and slowly they were able to build back. And he get, gave the soldiers a GI Bill where they could get educated and they could start businesses and buy homes. And suddenly in the 1950s and early 60s, we were the greatest economy in the history of the world for the most people. Right. Right. And we can have that again, but we can't do it with Republicans in charge. Well, no. And, and you know, people always talked about the Republicans and how they're saying there's going to be a civil war and we're going to fight like this. And I I never bought that because they're cowards. They don't really fight fair fights. They only fight when it's fixed, like with the Capitol. And they knew Donald Trump wouldn't let anybody do anything. My greatest concern was if we went further right, like we were going, and if all the things the Republicans wanted to do, I thought there may be some violence, but the violence would be coming out of the Democrats. And it's not necessarily unjustified. I mean, when you tell people you're going to take their livelihood, their money, their uh, freedom, their everything away from them, people on the left are going to get scared. And at that point, the only thing they have left is to fight back. And I got to tell you, if you ever piss off the left side, and they get to that point, the fucking Republicans have a lot of problems because there's way more Democrats than, than, than Republicans. And they're, they're, they're a lot smarter crowd than the Republicans. Yeah. And we're vicious when we get right down to it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're talking heads on pikes, firing squads, the whole deal. You know, I mean, uh, um, Republicans project a lot. They they say uh, the Democrats, uh, the liberals want to take away your freedoms and so forth. When it's always exactly the opposite. You don't see Democrats purging libraries. You don't see Democrats burning books. You don't teach. You don't see Democrats saying that teachers are pedophiles and they're grooming kids. Uh, you don't see Democrats doing that sort of thing. But you see Republicans doing it all the time. You see them trying to take away the rights of women that they have fought so hard to get. 
uh, and uh, really literally the votes of black people of color, not just black people, people of any kind of color or poor people, the workers. I mean, you know, Reagan started it firing air and traffic controllers, but that was a signal. Okay, open season on unions, <laughs> you know, and, and then we get replacement worker bills and we get uh, National Guard sent in to keep the peace at strikes and so forth. And before you know it, there's no labor unions left or very few, very not very powerful. And that's where we're at now. We need unions to come back strong. We need the government supporting unions so they can come back strong. Right, and we need honest unions because there was a period of time where some of these unions were no better than the fucking government. They were just grifting well, yeah. money. I mean, our, well, I'll be honest with you, by... the, the union you and I were in didn't do jack shit for shit. I mean, I oh, knew no. some people in there. I liked them okay. But they didn't do anything. They had no power. They did fucking nothing. Anytime I had to deal with a union, I had to tell them what I think. And they go, yeah, that's probably right. Fuck. So we need strong unions. That's right. Well, our union had a no strike clause. (laughs) You know, what good is that? You know, it's all they were able to do. All they really did was manage seniority when people bid on jobs. That was pretty much it. And Mm -hmm. uh, they used to cry because the, Management sends in these really mean people to negotiate. My report was get mean back at him. He yeah, slams exactly. the table. You slam it back at him. He I'll screams t- in your face. You scream back. I'll tell you a story. You know, when it, both, both of you and I were had a situation when we were in working at the radio station we worked in it and, and the radio station had pushed out a lot of older people. I wasn't, I, I was, I didn't think they'd do it to me because I was generating money, but they did. They tried to do that. And I'd been there for 27 years, okay? And so all of a sudden, we get this new program director. I'm making pretty good money. Not great money, but more money than they're used to paying because I've been there so long. And and they're saying um, this new young program director who doesn't know shit from shit because he's only had one job in his life is is is, is kind of dicking with me. And, and I thought, oh, okay. Well, I've had other people try to dick with me, and you know what happened. I always told them to fuck off, and they'd leave, and I'd still be there. But this was a different situation. They were trying really hard. So I got called into an administrative meeting because I was in trouble, so to speak. So they spill whatever they are going to spill, and I I won that one because they were absolutely wrong, and I could prove it. So exactly six months later, they call me in again. Okay. And then, and then (laughs) same thing. They're, they're making all these claims and it's all bullshit. And I pointed out. And so it's done. And then exactly six months later. So this happened over a period of 18 months or 12 months or whatever. And I'm back in again. Immediately in my mind, I know they're just running me through the process. It's three strikes and you're out. It doesn't matter whether I did something or didn't do anything. They're running me through the process. So I'm standing in a room with our union, our union reps. And, uh, and, uh, I said, here's my perception of the thing. They're running me through the process. This is my third time in here in 12 months. They're going to fire me today, right? This, they've done the process and they just looked at me kind of uncomfortably and they said, well, they've done it before. I said, so they are going to do it again. And, uh, <laughs> and so, 
So I, I said, okay. They said, don't worry about it. We'll do the talking. I said, oh, no, you're not doing any talking. I'll be doing the talking. That's no. probably not a good idea. I said, I'm getting fired anyway, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I said, what fucking difference does it make? So I go in there, and they're going to they set me up, and they, and they, and they say, we're going to show you why we're doing this. And I said, hold on a minute. Can I Can I talk first before you get into that? And they said, sure. So I spent five minutes tearing our boss at the time to shreds, just hoping I'd get a reaction from him. All he did is turn red and I'll give him credit. He didn't react. And then, then the administrative lady says, are you done? I said, Oh no, no, I'm not done yet. I said, let me ask you one question before I tell you something. I said, how long have you worked here? She said about 30 years. I said, I've been here 27 years. I said, how many times have you seen me in this position prior to this little run of three? in those 27 years that I was here. Well, never. I had never met you before. I said, doesn't that strike you strange that at 27 years, all of a sudden, I'm this problem child? She goes, well, that does seem kind of weird. And I looked at the boss. I said, you're not very fucking transparent here. And so and she said, what else do you want to say? I said, I want to fucking retire. And they said, when? I said, now, get the paperwork. And and the boss said, well, you got to work this afternoon. I said, oh, no, I'm fucking retired. Fuck you both. And they brought the paperwork in, and I signed it, and I walked the fuck out, uh, whistling fucking Dixie. And <laughs> the only problem with that, Ed, is when I walked out, I was pretty proud of myself and shit. Then you had to tell your wife. <laughs> yeah, I didn't bother to mention this to my wife before I did it because I didn't know I was going to do it. But it seemed right. like the right thing. And I'll tell you why I did it. I did it. And it's because our union is weak. I'm sitting here and they're they're throwing out all this bullshit. And I got a pension coming. It's one thing if they want to fire me. But I don't know if they're trying to ace me out of my pension, too. Right. So I figure I'll I'll I'll. I'll Get it before they can do that. I'm I'm going to be gone either way. That's fine, but I'm keeping my fucking pension, and that's and that may have been something I shouldn't have worried about, but I did at the time, and that's why I did it. But our union didn't do jack shit for me in that situation. No, and they, you know, like a lot of public employee unions, they're there. It's kind of like uh, I worked at the post office. It was very similar. Uh, they handled bidding on positions and that sort of thing. And they would go through the motions at, at uh, negotiations and so forth. But what it came down to was we'd always take what management offered. Right. And it was the same same with our union. And uh, they, they really had no way to protect employees. And, and, and we all kind of knew that. As soon as they got rid of you, what I did now, see, I was I was in a better position in a certain because I was 67 years old when that happened. Right. Uh, I was planning to work until age 70 to maximize my uh, Social Security benefits, too. When I saw they got rid of you, I said, OK, they're not going to keep me around. They're getting rid of the people who make the money. That's right. so obvious. They're they're It's all bottom line stuff. I mean, the morning show hadn't changed substantially. I mean, we were doing what we had done for just you and me for 10 years. And uh, uh, and we were always the, the money, the money uh, grabber in uh, in pledge drive. The only thing that beat us was a show called Bluegrass Saturday morning because it was the only bluegrass in the Twin Cities. Right. <laughs> it right, was a right. legacy show. And they, they did really well because they couldn't get it anywhere else. But so far as the rest of the station went, we 
got the money. We beat the afternoons by a huge amount and the middays by a huge amount and so forth. We were doing what we were doing right, right? And the audience but, liked us. They liked us. Right. We've been there forever. They liked us. Exactly. So I went home. I talked to my wife about it. I came in the next day and I said, you know, I've been here this long. Uh, I'd like to retire in December. Now, this was like, I don't know, April, May, June, somewhere when, when you left, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was April, I think. March or April, yeah. Yeah. So that gave me basically six months of kickback. You know, they agreed to that. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine. Go ahead, retire in December. So uh, uh, I had six months where nobody bothered me. And um, I, I enjoyed it. And they threw me this giant party when I left and turned it into a fundraiser and all of this sort of thing. So um, it worked out well for me, but I never expected the union to do squat. So um, my wife had been trying to get me to retire anyway, <laughs> you know, so that was. Uh, it was no out. problem for her. Yeah. Yeah, I probably yeah. should have gave my wife a heads up. She was not happy about that. She wasn't happy about it at all, but it seemed like the only thing I could do at the time. And, and the point is, the point I bring that up is is kind of what we were talking about, that unfortunately this country and our business, whether it be governmental or corporate, is all based on one thing, and that is money, not humans, not people, not not people's feelings or, or, or needs or rights. And that's the one thing that Republicans will always say. They always quote the Constitution or interpret the Constitution. They'll even tell us, well, we are going to overturn Roe v. Wade because the term abortion doesn't appear in the Constitution. Well, you know what else doesn't appear in the Constitution? What doesn't appear in the Constitution is the guys with the money have the power. That's right. not what we were. That's not how it was written. So the fact that that's the way it is, is fucking bullshit. Right. As a matter of fact, and uh, I, I, I have to refer to this quite often because a lot of people don't know it. The founding fathers outlawed corporations. They were not allowed to exist. And the reason they did that was because they had seen things like the Massachusetts Bay Company, the Virginia Company and uh, the India Company, uh, which uh, had... Uh, the British uh, India Company that had a bigger army than the British king right. did. <laughs> so they knew what corporations could do with uh, how abusive they could be. So they said, no, we're not going to do that. Then they kind of hedged it and said, okay, you can have a corporation to build a railroad or a canal or some major works project because it takes so much money and time. And the more people you can get involved with, okay, we'll go with that. But they still, and then they made it for a limited time. As soon as that canal is built, as soon as that railroad is built, the corporations dissolve. But they picked away at it over time. And then by the, by the end of the 19th century, corporations, uh, they called them trusts and, and cartels and so forth, but they were running the country. Right. And it was only, it was only, uh, the Great Depression that knocked them out. And gave uh, gave it well. Teddy Roosevelt, of course, uh, saw the danger, and he busted up a bunch of them, of course. And then uh, then his uh, his cousin was able to uh, Franklin Roosevelt was able to uh, do the rest. Uh, but uh, corporations are evil; they should not be allowed to be exist to exist. They should be broken up, 
you can't have one company that's got a foot in everything because they uh, that just gives them too much control. I it mean, does, um, and they've they've shown that they can't be trusted with that much control. Exactly. It's it's it is all about money, and I don't know that we can ever change money controlling things. But what we can do as uh, a people is to stop giving them more money. Stop giving them ridiculous amounts of money that they couldn't spend in a hundred lifetimes. That's why when Christian cinema comes up and says, Oh, we gotta, we gotta give them that loophole. Why do we have to give the rich a bunch of money? And they always, they always say, well, they're just trying to transfer wealth. Uh Well, the fact of the matter is, yeah, yeah. The fact of the matter is we don't want the riches money. We just want the money they took from us fucking back. They have to pay their taxes. And for whatever reason, our government loves to let these fuckers off easy and not pay any taxes. And it is a detriment to this country and a detriment to either every one of us. Well, that's why the Republicans are losing their mind, because a part of this legislation that's going to pass or has passed is uh, they're hiring 187,000 new IRS agents. And, of course, they're screaming, oh, oh, they're going to go after you. They're coming after you to get your money, which is bullshit because most people like me, I don't pay any taxes because I'm old and I don't uh, have a huge, gigantic income. I have deductions and so forth that take care of that. I I pay my I pay a little bit in tax, right? Right. But the IRS can come after me all they want because I do a standard deduction. You know, and I don't have hidden income, so I don't give a shit. But they are outgunned every year. Corporations hire all of the Ivy League graduates from law schools and accounting schools and all of that from everywhere in the country. The top graduates go into corporations, and their one job is to find ways not to pay taxes. Exactly. So uh, the IRS is outgunned, outmanned. They, they don't necessarily have the best and brightest and so forth. So they need the numbers. They need to be able to uh, have all of these people going in and, and, and auditing all of these firms that are, I mean, one of the big terrible things that happened during COVID was all that money that the, the PPP money that went out, out to all of these corporations that were supposed to keep people on and not lay them off and pay them. They just did stock buybacks and rolled in the money and laid off the people anyway. Yeah. And and all of that money was just a big gift to them. Now, the IRS, with the right number of people, could go back and say, hey, give us that money back. Right. Oh, and here's a penalty, too, you know, because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And Joel Osteen, you're a damn minister. Why are you taking PPP money? You know, that yeah, kind no of shit. thing. No shit. Well, well, you know, the thing is, is the IRS isn't going to go after people like you and me or anybody else in this audience. Because frankly, if I was to cheat on my taxes, it might benefit me 50, 60, maybe even a hundred bucks, but it's hardly worth taking that risk to cheat for a hundred bucks. The people who are cheating and gaining money are the people that have a lot of money to protect. And they don't like the idea that they're going to be under a microscope now where they should be. It's bad enough. They aren't, paying their fair share in in taxes, but now they're fucking cheating on top of it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when when Jeff Bezos, when Warren Buffett 
when all of these people pay a much lower rate than their lowest paid employees, there's something wrong. And that has to be adjusted. And um, that's what we need to do. And that's we're beginning to do that. But we can only do it with four democratic terms. That's what I want. That's what I'm that's what I'm envisioning. That's what I'm manifesting. 20 years of Democrats and we'll be back where we need to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree without question. Well, we're running out of time here. Ed, I want to thank you for spending some time and uh, uh, mixing it up a bit with me. I always enjoy this because we're of a like mind, but we come from different perspectives. And it's always good to hear different insights because I don't know everything. As much as I act like it and sound like it, remember, as I said about Rush Limbaugh, it's all a show. (laughs) So I don't know everything. And that's why I'm so appreciative of Ed coming in or some of the listeners coming in because – it makes the show better ultimately and gets more better information out. So, so thanks for joining me, Ed. You bet. Uh, anytime. Let's do it again next week. Yep. We'll get together next week and Ed will be back on the rational boomer podcast. All of you in the listening audience, I hope you have a great day and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.